What is up, everybody? Welcome into the very first episode of the Blake Pace Podcast. I am your host, Blake Pace, and I want to kick things off by thanking you all for taking the time to listen in on this first episode. Uh, this is something that's been in the work for about the past month or so, and I finally decided to get off my ass and, and, and just get to work. Um, so, you know, I really appreciate you all coming out and listening to this. I hope you enjoy it, and I hope you continue to listen. Um, I've got a lot planned for today's episode. Uh, I want to start things off by breaking uh, breaking down how this show is going to run and what I have planned for the future of this show, um, and then I'll go into a little more myself as a sports journalist, how I've gotten to this point in my career, and, you know, what I, you know, hope to get as I move forward. Um, after all that boring shit that you don't want to hear about, um, I'll just introduce a few segments to the show, uh, talk some NFL draft now that we're a few weeks away from the actual event, and then I'll wrap things up with a little NBA conference finals talk as the final four teams set their eyes on the Larry O'Brien trophy. So a little bit about myself, um, I'm a current journalism student at James Madison University on in my senior year, which will uh, kick off at the end of August. Um, I'm currently the sports editor for the student paper at JMU, The Breeze, and um, basically I oversee a staff of about 15 to 20 other students, uh, manage online and print content. Um, yeah, and then outside of school, I am the NFL editor for Pure Sports Network, an online publication founded by two guys, uh, Matt Wyrick and Kevin Haswell, both of which I'll probably have on here at some point to talk baseball, football, basketball, and I'm also um, a current writer for Stampede Blue which is the SB Nation publication for the Indianapolis Colts. Um, I joined there about a couple months back, and I, I've loved the experience. It's been very cool to see. Um, as for other podcasts, I am the current co-host for uh, Courtside Take, um, which is uh, with Kevin Haswell, and the Goal to Go podcast, which is with uh, Connor McCarthy. Um, both are affiliated with Pure Sports Network. Um, now, I can stop talking about me. Um, I want to talk a little bit about this show. Um, I am going to be getting out three episodes a week, um, mostly on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, and they'll range from about 40 minutes to an hour, uh, maybe a little bit more if we've got a lot of stuff to talk about. Um, I'll hope to have guests on for about, you know, hopefully an episode a week. Um, I work with some great individuals at all the publications I write for, and I've had a lot of support, so I definitely hope to have... Um, some interesting conversations with some of those guys, um, as well as some other friends who have, honestly, some garbage takes on uh, professional and collegiate sports that I'll probably want to just have them on to rip apart on air. Um, but besides that, you know, we'll, we'll be discussing mostly um, baseball, football, and basketball. Those are my three favorite sports. Um, although I may have some guests on here that'll want to talk, you know, hockey and a, a big maybe on soccer. Um, I'll, you know, big maybe on that. But, um, other than that, you know, might have some talk uh, on some, you know, current events, movies, television, and music. So I guess now that we have all that uh, boring talk out of the way, we can move on to um, one of the first segments that I want to introduce to this show, and it, it kind of just correlates to whatever episode we're currently on. Um, I I think that it's really important to, you know, recognize, you know, some great historic seasons from great players and always kind of just look back on some of the great moments in sports that we've seen. And so with every episode number that we are on, I'm going to take a look at um, the favorite athlete that wore that specific number that I got to observe um, while I've been growing up or, you know, currently maybe, you know, by episode 100, we'll have someone uh, wearing double zero next season. Like th this is, could always be changing. Um, it, it's not necessarily the best athlete to ever wear the jersey number. It's just, you know, this athlete that I got to watch, I admired what they did in a specific season, um, and, you know, we're just going to keep going with that. Um, so for this first episode, episode number one, um, there were a lot of guys uh, that I was thinking about that I wanted to put for this uh, first player profile, and I ended up going um, to the NFL uh, with the 2015 version of Cam Newton, uh, quarterback for the Carolina Panthers, um, MVP that season, uh, fifth, led the Panthers to a 15-1 record and a trip to Super Bowl 50. Um, he had 45 total touchdowns on the year, uh, 3,800 passing yards, over 600 rushing yards on the, on the ground. Um, my favorite game from his season, I can still remember this game specifically, it's Week 16 versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He goes 21 of 26 um, throwing, 293 passing yards, two passing touchdowns. He also added in two rushing touchdowns on the ground. 
my, my favorite thing about Cam Newton that season was just the swagger that he brought on a on a football field, just the cockiness, the arrogance that he showed. Um, and this is all, I'm, I'm counting the entire season, um, minus the Super Bowl. Uh, his Super Bowl, you know, the Denver Broncos defense um, definitely humbled him there. But before that, you you couldn't touch this man. He he was Superman. He was everything um, that deserved to be MVP of the NFL. He just brought a unique swagger to football that season and dominated. Whether it was the dabs after every touchdown, you know, giving a football to a young fan in the stands every single touchdown that he got, um, you know, showing off that su- uh, that Superman mentality. Um, watching Cam Newton that season was something that I will never forget. It was a terrific performance um some of the other guys that i had in there as well mvp derrick rose um the 2010 2011 season where he averaged uh 25 a game i mean to do that youngest mvp at the age of 22 that is something that i feel like will never be broken i don't think we'll ever have a younger mvp of the league so you have to really take into account what he did in that specific season with the bulls um another favorite of mine and that's just coming from uh being a, a great diehard Knicks fan was Amari Stoudemire's uh, same season 2010-2011 averaged over 25 points a game um, was you know really effective in that season for the Knicks Um, you know Amari Stoudemire is one of those guys that if his knees just stayed healthy they could have had something really special in New York and I know it's it's that it's that um, curse of the Knicks you know they always sign the um you know they bring in superstars but you know it's either right past their prime or you know injuries just hit the guy and and that was another case with Stoudemire um you know they got two three good seasons um great seasons out of Stoudemire um but that one specifically sticks out in my mind you know I wanted to put in a um a baseball guy because I was looking through the the number ones since I've been, you know, growing up, and there weren't any great number ones, but then um, just looking into it, this the past season, the 2017 season for Elvis Andrews um, of the Texas Rangers uh, was, you know, quietly a sneaky good season despite the team being, you know, fairly underwhelming. I mean, 20 home runs, that was by far his highest of his career. The previous high was 8 the season before. Um, 88 RBIs, also his best ever. Um, let's see, he hit... 297 slugging percentage 471 um on base percentage 337 um definitely you know what seemed to be the most appealing season of a number one in baseball um that you know was around when I was here um some other names um my personal favorite and you know there aren't really any stats to really highlight how much I love this guy but Pat McAfee uh punter of the Indianapolis Colts uh, now with Barstool Indianapolis, uh, he's just an all-time character guy, one of the funniest guys. Um, he brought just arrogance onto the football field as a punter, and I I don't think we'll ever see something like that again. He was the cockiest punter in the league. He was a magician trying to do tricks on the field. I don't think we'll ever see someone quite like Pat McAfee. Um, two more guys. Uh, 2009 for both of these guys, specifically Chauncey Billups and Chris Bosh. Um, I believe this was Chris Bosh's season right before he went to Miami. Um, so kind of peak him in Toronto. Um, and then Chauncey Billups as well. Um, I believe that was with the Denver Nuggets. Um, so yeah, uh, those are, those are, that's the player profile. That's what it's kind of going to be like. Um, every, every episode will, you know, highlight a few players and, uh, you know, specific seasons for them that were really, um, miraculous. So now that we've got that out of the way, uh, I think it's time to move on to another um, segment or something that I want to appear constantly um, in this podcast throughout, and that, that that's going to be the Blake Pace Podcast Constitution, or we can just call it the Constitution for short. I don't care. Um, this is just something that um, I'm kind of taking from other shows that you know I've grown up watching. Um, I think it, it it's really important for me to stay true to what I feel. Um, is the right way that sports should be looked at. Um, and that is, you know, certain takes that I have that I think should, you know, everyone should feel that way. Obviously, if you disagree, um, I, you know, I'll try my best to convince you that this is the way that uh, sports should be and how you as a fan should view sports. Um, but I have, you know, just 
time and time again, whenever I think of something or maybe when there's just time for me to speak about it, I want to issue, you know, amendments to the Blake Pace Constitution. Um, and the first is something that I think is the most important thing out of every sports fan. And I don't understand how it it, it isn't um, expressed enough by fans and actually quite contrary. Um, the Blake Pace podcast, amendment number one, we are the players podcast. Um, and what I mean by that is a few things. Uh, the first being, you know, I don't want to criticize any professional athlete, collegiate athlete for doing what's best for their career. If that's sitting out before a season starts or not coming back from an injury soon enough or, you know, wanting to be on another team. I think that the players have any right uh, to move forward with their um, careers, however they choose so. Um, if they want to sit out because they haven't got a new contract, I think they deserve that contract. I think that I, I fans want their players on their team to take you know the lowest salary possible so that they can bring in other free agents and build an evil empire. Um, and this is more specifically geared towards football. I will say that baseball does a, um, a pretty decent job in paying their athletes until this past offseason um, when there were a lot of key free agents that just, you know, did not get deals. You know, you know, the JD Martinez is of the world. It took until <clears throat> this winter to get him signed, um, you know, just before baseball kicked off. Um, the NBA has done a pretty good job. I mean, God, if an NBA player is making some good money these days. Um, but the NFL specifically, I feel like there's a lot of criticism to players that, and you know, you see it more often when they have bigger egos. Um, and I'm, and you know, I'm looking at the Odell Beckham Juniors of the world, the Le'Veon Bells, the best of the best, I don't think that it is any right for the fans or for coaches or management to look at these players and tell them how to spend their careers because they're the only ones sacrificing their livelihood every single day of their lives. You know, Odell Beckham Jr., before getting this contract extension, and he still doesn't have it yet, and he's going to be the one I bring up mostly when discussing being a player's podcast <clears throat> he, you know, went down with a pretty um, horrific uh, ankle injury that pa this past season. And, you know, it, he's in this whole situation now where he doesn't have money guaranteed. He's in a whole contract debate um, dispute. And, you know, management can look at it and be, well, you didn't play for us last year, so why would we give you that max contract? We don't know if you're healthy. I, I, I want Odell Beckham Jr. to sit out of football until he gets paid. I, I understand it's not great football to watch if you know some of the best players in the game are on the sideline or not even with an organization but you know the coaches and the owners they're not out there on the field getting their their asses kicked on a daily basis just so you know they can make a living and um and people want to throw in oh well they don't make and they make too much money anyways if they even made a a rookie scale wage they should be fine for the rest of their lives and that's not the way that it is you know these players have expenses. They have people they have to take care of, people that they have that have raised them that they need to provide for, and then they need to provide for themselves and their families. They can't just look as their career and like, oh, I'm going to make this money. I'll make my first contract, maybe another, and I'll be set for the rest of my life. No, you need to, you want to be in a situation where you can, you know, help out your kids and your grandkids and your great grandkids. You want to set up wealth for your family and you want to be able to provide for them. So um, I, I just think it's ridiculous. You know, I hear so many, I have, you know, friends too that, that hate Odell Beckham Jr., that hate Le'Veon Bell. Well, why don't you just take the contract? Why don't you just play for your team? That's what you were assigned to do. That's what we want you to do as fans. I would love to see any of these individuals who are saying that step onto a football field and say, oh yeah, no, I'll, I'll take the minimum money because I'm playing in the NFL. It, it, it's just, at a certain point, it's not worth it if you're not making the money that you deserve and the money that's going to help you live the rest of your lives because careers can end at any second. Odo Beckham Jr. could step onto the field, have, you know, a, a horrific knee injury. God forbid that happens. Um, and he never plays football again for the rest of his life. And what does he have? He has a rookie scale contract from being a first round pick. That is all he is ever going to earn from the NFL. He's got advertising money. You know, he's, he's making money elsewhere. But that'll all start to dwindle once his career is done. Once he's not on the field, people will see him less and his advertising money will lessen and lessen. So I, I just think that players get so much crap for sitting out and doing what's best for their careers from fans. And fans have no idea what it's actually like 
for an athlete to go through. And I'm not saying I do. I just don't see it from that perspective. I am 100% for the players in any sport. I want every athlete to get paid every dime they deserve. If Odell Beckham Jr., if, if, if he thinks that he deserves to be the first $20 million wide receiver, then go try and get that money. Be that first guy. Kirk Cousins, first quarterback to get a fully guaranteed contract. Every quarterback in this league loves Kirk Cousins because the next time they come up for their deal, well, hey, Kirk Cousins, you know, that fully guaranteed contract, you know, that's something I need. I need that that security. I need that blanket that, you know, that if I go out there on my first play from scrimmage next season and I snap my ankle, I'm going to be set up. I am going to survive financially and be able to still provide for my family and for generations to come. So, you know, that's that's just my first rant of this show. I'm sure I'll have several more. Um, but, you know, First Amendment in the Blake Pace podcast constitution is that we are a player's podcast. Um, you know, I I truly believe that there, there are so many poor takes on athletes when they choose to do what's best for their careers um, from fans. And I, I've seen some horrific things said about these athletes. And they, they, these people just don't see it. What they want to see is everyone just shut up and play for, you know, play for what, um, play for the team that they represent, play for their fan base. But it's so much more than that. Everyone gets, like, there are so many injuries throughout the course of a season. Look at this last year. We lost what I think is the greatest quarterback in football, the most talented quarterback, at least, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, We lost, in my opinion, the most talented wide receiver in football, Odell Beckham Jr., uh, we lost one of the hottest quarterbacks throughout the season, Deshaun Watson, um, you know, great rookie of the year candidate before he went down. We lost J.J. Watt. Um, we lost, uh, you know, Earl Thomas. Um, you know, these are just a few names of guys that we lost this past season. And, you know, if they didn't have, you know, the money that they have right now, they would be in terrible positions. I mean, even Deshaun Watson, we're not talking about him. He doesn't have, he, you know, he's making a rookie scale contract. You know, it's a first round contract. That's great. But if, if he never got better, what money does he have? How can he provide? He has a torn down body, a beaten down body. He spent his entire life preparing to be a football player because he's that damn good. And then all of a sudden he gets the one thing he's good at taken away. And I'm not saying he couldn't be good at any other things. I'm just saying this is what he spent his entire life working for. And he just had it taken away. It's like if you, if you were a doctor and you went to school for eight years and you spent all the money, all the hard work, all the late nights. And the first day you get your job, they give you a contract that says, eh, we're not sure if we're going to actually pay you depending on how you do it. If you struggle a little, if you know, if you if you get too sick and you can't come in, you know, we might not just give you the salary that that's on this paper right now. You know, you wouldn't take that job. So I can't see how you can look at an NFL athlete's life and say, "Oh yeah, you know, sacrifice your body, your blood, sweat and tears every day just so I can enjoy you hit uh, you know another guy on the field." And I don't care what money you're making. I don't care about your financial situation. I don't care about your family or, or who you have to provide for. I just want you to make me happy on Sundays. So, First Amendment, Constitution, the Blake Pace podcast is the player's podcast. Get that money. Man, I, I get pretty heated about stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, we'll... we'll, we'll I can't say that every episode I'm going to have something I want to put in the Constitution. There are a few things that I have right now, so I'll sprinkle them in through the first few weeks of things that, um, you know, this this show will stand by. Um, but, yeah, that was fun. I enjoyed that. My first, my first rant to you all. So um, now we'll move into, uh, I guess we'll talk about the NFL draft a little. Um, we're a few weeks um, beyond the draft. It is May 14th. Um, and, you know... I, I did a lot of work towards the draft. I worked on a um, a draft guide with Stampede Blue uh, at SB Nation. Um, I got to watch uh, twenty to twenty five of the uh, running back prospects. I you know graded them. There's a draft book online um, if you want to check that out and see the work that I did on there. But I, I don't really want to focus on running backs right now. Um, you know I, I can talk about Saquon Barkley for ages, um, but maybe we'll save that for another episode. I wanted to focus more in on the um, quarterbacks of this draft and uh you know if if you have been following me before the Blake Pace podcast if you had listened to um me and Connor uh McCarthy talk on the Gold to Go podcast you know that um going into this draft I had my quarterbacks ranked as such so my 
my favorite quarterback of this draft, Josh Allen, um, now of the Buffalo Bills. Uh, right behind him at number two, I had Josh Rosen, now with the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, at number three, I had Baker Mayfield, the first overall pick of the draft to the Cleveland Browns. Fourth was Lamar Jackson, who is now um, with Joe Flacco and uh, John Harbaugh in Baltimore. And then my fifth favorite quarterback, or fifth quarterback, I wouldn't say he's necessarily a favorite um, of this draft, was Sam Darnold, um, the third overall pick to the New York Jets. And I kind of just wanted to dive into each of their situations and, you know, see what I thought, you know, who has, you know, the best chance to succeed from day one, um, you know, who, you know, I'm, I might be a little worried about, um, for the future. Um, and you know, who I think, you know, with where they are now, who has the best chance to succeed now that they have found themselves in the NFL. Um, so I want to start off and I think, I think my favorite situation for a quarterback right now is, um, it's gotta be Josh Rosen in Arizona. Um, you know, I, I expected Josh Rosen to go a lot higher than he did. I did not expect him to fall, um, and be the, you know, uh, third quarterback selected in the draft, um, or fourth, actually fourth behind, uh, Josh Allen, Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield. Um, I was a little shocked by that. I, you know, I thought Buffalo would have traded up to take him and they traded up to take Josh Allen instead. Um, the Browns and the Jets, um, I'll talk about their quarterbacks, but I think they made some questionable calls in this draft. Um, you know, I thought, um, I thought Arizona would end up taking a quarterback. Um, I think they got extremely lucky that Josh Rosen was available. Um, and it, it kind of reminds me of the last time we had a very arrogant quarterback, uh, slip down in the first round of the NFL draft. And that's the story of how the Green Bay Packers got Aaron Rodgers. Now, I'm not saying that I think Josh Rosen is the next Aaron Rodgers. Um, you know, he doesn't have the ability to move around outside the pocket. Um, he doesn't have the ability to make the arm strength or arm talent to make some of those throws that you see Aaron Rodgers make on a consistent basis. Um, but I do think that he was, you know, pushed aside in this draft and fell down a little um, in the first round because of his personality. And, you know, oh, he does, does he love football? Does he need football in his life? why doesn't he, why does he need to show you that well how, how do you not see that if, if he didn't need football in his life why would he be playing why would he be going out there and sacrificing his life every day um i guess this goes even more into the you know players podcast i i think that it was ridiculous to criticize um josh rosen for having interest in things other than football i mean why can't someone in 2018 be knowledgeable on you know social issues as well as being a quarterback in the nfl so that was, you know, something that I think really played into effect with him sliding down in the draft. But I think he's in the best situation in Arizona right now. Um, and it's, it's, it's an interesting team. It's a, it's a going through a lot of changes, a, you know, new head coach, um, but you know, a rebuilding team. Um, but he's got po possibly the best running back in all of football and David Johnson alongside of him. That, you know, can't be understated. He has one of the most trusty receivers in football over the last decade and a half in Larry Fitzgerald. Um, you know, having, you know, your number one wide receiver being an all-time great who you can count on every single day, you know, to make, you know, consistent catches, um, to, you know, be a leader for you, to help you out in this transition. I think that can't um, <clears throat> be, you know, stated enough how important that is for a young quarterback's development. And then you have to take into account that, you know, the location, his, you know, the market that he's in and who he's in the quarterback locker room with, you know, um, Sam Bradford, the other quarterback in Arizona right now, he is not the future of this organization. Sam Bradford has had, you know, a miraculous game or two a season, but then everyone remembers that his knee can't hold his body. Um, and he, you know, misses the next few months of football. You know, he's, he's not a guy, he's, he can, you know, mentor Josh Rosen in some areas, you know, dealing with adversity because Sam Bradford has done a ter uh, terrific job in doing that throughout his career. Um, but he's not a threat to Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen should go in there and start day one, in my opinion. Um, and then, you know, some of these t quarterbacks that got drafted ahead of him um, are in some pretty nasty um, markets. You know, Sam Darnold, if he, if he, you know, struggles in his first few starts in New York, they're going to tear him apart. You know, if, if Cleveland, you know, drafted number one overall, 
you know, the undersized quarterback who can't see over his offensive lineman and isn't as, you know, fast as Russell Wilson outside the pocket um, and can't do, you know, can't improvise like some of these other great quarterbacks, then Cleveland's in another situation where if, if you're a quarterback and you struggle you and you're a first or second round pick, you don't last long. Deshaun Kaiser's no longer on that team. Johnny Manziel is gone. You know, it, it's tough for guys to, you know, make a name in Cleveland. So that's a really tough situation. Buffalo, a little bit different of a situation. I, I kind of like Josh Allen's fit there right now. Um, but, you know, another place where, you know, they, you know, the Buffalo fans, you know, hated, not hated, but ridiculed Tyrod kind of were you know hoping for a new quarterback got Josh Allen now and you don't really get that with Arizona you know it's not a big enough market where they're just going to clamp down on Josh Rosen if he does struggle for a game or two to start off his career which is why I think you know it's good for his development to you know not be in you know in LA or New York type of market where you need to be great from day one in order to you know survive um so Josh Rosen is definitely my favorite fit out of these five quarterbacks and I think you know he has a chance to you know really make some success in this NFL um and another thing about this quarterback draft class um I you know I've been doing um scouting I guess the past three NFL uh draft seasons and all of these five quarterbacks I think are capable starting NFL quarterbacks in this league um you know I see two or three having the potential to be, you know, in the top tier of NFL quarterbacks um, by the end part of their career. And that's, um, I think that uh, that is both the Joshes, Josh Allen and Josh Rosen, I think have a chance to. And then if um, the situation is right, I think Lamar Jackson has, you know, the highest potential of this class. Um, If he can really, you know, if his body can hold up, if he can, um, you know, avoid contact throughout his career, still be able to be dynamic in the running game. His, his ceiling is out of this world. So those three, um, I, but I think all five at worst can be serviceable starters in the NFL. Um, but then if I look back at last year's draft, I wouldn't necessarily, or the year before, I don't have any of these five ranked ahead of the likes of, you know, Mitchell Trubisky, um, Deshaun Watson, Jared Goff, Carson Wentz, or my favorite of all these three classes, um, Pat Mahomes. Maybe this should just be called the Pat Mahomes podcast. I don't know. If you listen to me on Cold to Go, uh, you, I am infatuated with Pat Mahomes. Um, I think he is going to take the Kansas City Chiefs to a whole nother level uh, next season. Um, you know, you got to see it in kind of week 17. He is a gunslinger. He can throw on the run. He can throw from any other angle. He's creative. He understands, you know, how to operate an NFL offense. Um, I got a bet with one of my friends right now that uh, he will be a, you know, it's tough to gauge the success of a quarterback, how good he is. So he just made a bet that he'll make a pro bowl within the next few years. And I even think he has a shot to make one next year um, with all the weapons he has around him. Um, But you know, all five quarterbacks in this year's specific draft serviceable starters, but not as great as the five quarterbacks that I mentioned before that were taken in the previous two first rounds. Um, Now to move on to, I guess, my second favorite situation for these quarterbacks um, is Josh Allen. And, you know, it, it's everyone is so polar opposite when it comes to talking about Josh Allen. Um, people want to look at the completion percentage, um, ridicule him for that. And, yes, it has been, you know, a little shaky since even his high school days up until now. Um, but I have a few theories on that that I'll mention in a second. Um, <clears throat> but then, you know, I you hear uh, – Mel Kuyper say that he's the best quarterback in this draft and deserving of the number one pick. And I more err towards that side um, than I do, you know, those who are worried about his completion percentage um, and, you know, the talent that he played against in college. Um, my, my thing with the completion percentage is he played in one of the most downfield offenses in college football, downfield throwing offenses in college football uh, last season. Um, he didn't really have, um, you know, the... Uh, a Pac-12 offense where you get eight to 10 screen passes a game that boost up your completion percentage or, you know, quick slants or, you know, you know, underneath throws to your running back, you know, Josh Rosen, Sam Darnold, they got those throws every single game. You know, it was a fast paced offense. You got the ball out of your hands quick. You got, you know, those short routes. Josh Allen in Wyoming was not throwing those um, nearly as much rarely at all. And it was a lot of downfield throwing, 
Um, and that's why I think, you know, that's the main reason I think that um, his completion percentage in college specifically um, isn't really a sign of how good he can be. And the other just being that uh, he throws the football harder than any quarterback in since I think 2008 in the NFL draft. I mean, he has one of the hardest throwing footballs. So of course, when you're playing at a school like Wyoming, you don't have, you know, many talented receivers, your talent is a lot lower. So when you're throwing a ball, you know, that's faster than they've probably ever seen in their entire lives. Yeah, it's gonna be a little tough to catch, you know, in the NFL, it'll be, you know, easier when you've got some, you know, sturdy receivers. Of course, you know, now thinking about it, Buffalo needs to get a few of those for them. But um, I think that Josh Allen was, you know, ridiculed um, for his play in college, but I really think that he has the potential to be something special. And I like the situation in Buffalo. I think that, you know, the Bills Mafia can get behind Josh Allen, especially if he comes out, um, you know, and has a few good games to start off his career. Um, And I expect him to get the start day one, uh, just like I do with Rosen. I think the two of them um, will be the two quarterbacks from this first round to start week one. Um, and you know, if Allen can start out there and be productive, you know, it's a great coaching staff in Buffalo. Um, you know, having LaShawn McCoy, you know, another trusty running back, um, you know, a sturdy enough offensive line. I think they need wide receiver help. Um, I think that his situation will be just fine. And, and now to flip it to the guys that I'm, I'm actually kind of a little worried about, um, in, you know, their rookie seasons and maybe even their, for their future careers, Um, And that's got to be Baker Mayfield uh, with the Cleveland Browns and Sam Darnold with the New York Jets. Um, And I'm going to look at Baker first. And, um, you know, this was, I I really didn't expect Baker to go first overall. You know, I thought he would have been a, you know, New York Jets at pick number three or the Dolphins trade up to take him. Um, You know, certain situations I thought would be a lot better than for um, Cleveland for Baker, then Cleveland. Um, and especially after everyone wanted to compare Baker Mayfield to being Johnny Manziel. And where did Johnny Manziel play football? The Cleveland Browns, a first-round pick. And then you just you bring Baker in to Cleveland, and now those comparisons will be never-ending. Um, people will you know want to link these two as the same guy. So Baker is, is essentially you know already carrying a lot of weight on his shoulders, and he hasn't even you know played in, you know, an NFL game yet. So that worries me a little bit. And then I'm also kind of just, I don't think he's going to start day one. I I think Tyrod Taylor is a better quarterback than him right now. And I think Tyrod Taylor should be the starting quarterback for the Cleveland Browns next season. Um, I was hoping that the Cleveland Browns would take, um, you know, maybe a Josh Allen or someone that they saw, oh, you know, this guy has all the physical tools, like kind of like a Pat Mahomes in Kansas City situation this past season, where we've got this bridge quarterback, Alex Smith is going to start over Pat Mahomes this season. We're going to trade him away and then give the keys uh, keys to the mansion to Pat Mahomes. I was hoping they would do that with, you know, a Josh Allen um, or even a Lamar Jackson kind of just, oh, we have this quarterback for a year, but he's not our future. Um, Tyrod, in my opinion, is just plain and simple a better quarterback than Baker Mayfield right now. Um, I think you know, the, I think the Browns are going to go into training camp and they're going to watch these quarterbacks playing and they would be like, man, you know, Baker, a little undersized. Man, he really can't move around outside the pocket that well when you, you've got um, NFL defensive linemen chasing him down. But hey, man, this Tyrod guy knows the offense. You know, he, he's sharp on his feet. He can move around these NFL defensive linemen. Oh, he's got deep ball too. You know, I think that Tyrod, you know has just a better chance to be successful this next season for the Browns. And maybe they see it as Baker Mayfield is kind of what I see in Josh Allen. You know, maybe, you know, it's maybe they see Baker as like, okay, Baker, just, you know, take a step back um, day one. Let's not, um, let's not throw you in there this season. Let's have you learn. Let's have you connect with the coaching staff. The other players get used to that offense. You're going to be in Um, Jarvis Landry, Josh Gordon, um, learn from Tyrod a little, take what you can. And then don't worry, we're going to move on from Tyrod and uh, and go ahead with you. And I, I just, I don't see it working out like that. I see Baker becoming frustrated, you know, being the number one overall pick and sitting behind Tyrod. You know, I see maybe Baker not even being ready to, you know, take over Tyrod's position even in the season after that. Um, 
So, you know, I'm, I'm a little worried about Baker's future. I thought there were there would be better situations for him. Um, I would have loved to see him in the New York media with the Jets. I think that that could have been a really good um, potential. There's also a lot of uh, difficulty in there, and I'll, you know, I'll speak on that with Sam Darnold um, in a few seconds. But, um, yeah, I'm a little worried for Baker as he starts his career. Um, so, Sam Darnold to the New York Jets was possibly the last thing that I wanted to happen. Um I don't know where I wanted Sam Darnold to go. Like I've said, he he was, you know, my least favorite of the first-round quarterbacks. I don't know where I wanted him to end up. Maybe it was a situation where it was, you know, one of these aging teams with aging quarterbacks took him, you know, maybe the Chargers, Steelers, Saints. Uh, maybe he fell long enough where those guys would um, take him in. You could learn from, you know, one of these all-time great quarterbacks for a few seasons. And then, you know, you move forward with Darnold, who's had years of experience on the bench. Kind of like what you saw with Aaron Rodgers, you know, under Brett Favre for a couple of years. <clears throat> but now he enters a situation um, with two other quarterbacks in New York. Josh McCown, for starters, you know, had a, a surprising year for the Jets uh, last season. You know, he was he was solid for New York. Um, and, you know, it, it, he knows that he's not the future. He knows that Sam Darnold now is the future. And he's going to help. He's going to help prepare Sam Darnold. But I think if you have Josh McCown, who had, you know, a great season last year, still on the roster, and then Sam Darnold starts out there and he, you know, he struggles a little, you're going to be calling for Josh McCown back in? Then what does that say about your, the future of your franchise? Like, do you, do you stick with Sam Darnold and just ride through another bad season of, of, you know, New York Jets football? Or do you put McCown out there and see what's good? And then you've also got Teddy Bridgewater, who you brought in. And, you know, well, what, well Sam Darnold's got to be thinking, well, what's up with this guy? This 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 former first-round pick um, <clears throat> didn't, you know, pay, career didn't pan out in Minnesota because they went and got Kirk Cousins. Now he's with the New York Jets. He's a young guy. He has potential. Why do I have to battle out with him for this starting job? I, I, I don't get the Jets quarterback situation one bit. I, I think that it's, if it was Josh McCown and Sam Darnold, fine. Let's leave it at that. But I don't get the point of having Teddy in there with Josh McCown because now you have Josh McCown mentoring but being more ready to start an NFL game than Teddy or Sam Darnold. And you also have Teddy who's, you know, being paid as a starting NFL quarterback who's going to want to play football. He's going to want to start over Sam Darnold. He's going to want to start over Josh McCown. And I think that you've got just a, a really tense situation in New York. And it it wasn't the move that I wanted them to make. Um <laughs> and then there's uh Christian Hackenberg um <laughs> which uh I mean if you if you have listened to me say this before I think Christian Hackenberg was maybe one of the worst quarterback picks in NFL history um so that's funny that he's still on the roster practice squad guy but you know I I just don't think the situation for Baker um and and Sam Darnold is going to be that good um and obviously you know, it, it's pretty early to tell, you know, once we get into things next season, I'll feel a little bit more comfortable with some of these quarterbacks. I'll feel more comfortable with their situations once we know who's going to be starting day one, what the plan is. Um, but right now, without knowing those specific plans, I feel really good about Josh Allen and Josh Rosen, where they are and how where they'll be spending their next few seasons. I do not feel that confident with Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold. We're going to switch gears now um, for our final segment today. Um, I just realized that I've spent, you know, the first 40 or so minutes of this episode talking about football. Um, my player profile was on Cam Newton. Uh, I talked about a constitution about, you know, being the player's podcast, which was more centered around football. And then I talked um, some quarterbacks from the draft. So we are going to, you know, take a step back from football. Um, and we're going to focus in now to the NBA where we have the Eastern Conference Finals and the Western Conference Finals. And I'm just going to, you know, break how I see each series playing down, um, and then I'm going to give my picks. So we're going to look out east first. Um, like I said, this is being recorded on May 14th. The um, Celtics went out and beat the Cavaliers yesterday by 25 points in a blowout of a game in Boston. Um, you know, I gave the Celtics two games in this series. I, I, I still think... Um, Cavs are going to win this series in six games, and I gave the Celtics two games. Um, one of those games being, a, you know, a, a, an amazing game plan from Brad Stevens. 
Um, Brad Stevens, I think, you know, top two coach in the NBA right now, has the potential to be number one um, even by next season in my mind, um, up there with Greg Popovich. I, the, the talent that he gets out of these young um, undervalued players that, you know, would just be pure role players on other organizations is beyond me. Um, this team has no stars and, you know, they beat a talented 76ers team with two stars and they beat the crap out of the Cavaliers yesterday. So I gave the Celtics one game. I think they'll, they'll win one game from Brad Stevens, just being an amazing coach. And then I gave them one more game. And that game is just a poor shooting night by the Cavaliers. You know, the, the Cavs are a streaky team, um, from beyond the arc. And, you know, it seems to be if LeBron doesn't have things going, the rest of the team doesn't have things going. Um, so I say the Celtics, they'll get one game from Brad Stevens being great. The second game they'll get from the Cavaliers just having a bad night. And we kind of had both in game one yesterday, which, you know, maybe that's the only game they get. And both of the games that I gave them were just combined into one. I'm not sure. Um, but they at least have one of those games and, you know, it could have been a great game plan by Brad Stevens, or it could have just been a cold shooting night by the um, by the Cavaliers, and I think the next two games will show that. If, if the Cavs come out the next two nights and shoot just as poorly from deep, that's a Brad Stevens game plan. You know, he's, he's doing what needs to be done to beat this Cavaliers team. Um, and so, I just, at the end of the day, I'm not betting against LeBron James. I can't. Until he shows me that he can't make it to a finals in the Eastern Conference, I'm not going to bet against him. You know, I never got to watch Michael Jordan in his prime. I never got to watch some of the all-time great NBA players in their primes. But LeBron James is the best player I've ever watched. The best athlete. I mean, I mean, the, the way that he has, you know, changed the Eastern Conference. Everyone wants to ridicule LeBron James for, you know, oh, he plays in an easy Eastern Conference. Why do you think all these star athletes are heading to the Western, the, the Western Conference? They're trying to make it to the finals. They can't do it in the East because LeBron James is in the way. He's scared all of the talent from the Eastern Conference to the West. You know, Paul Millsap, you know, they had their series with the Hawks for a while. Um, they, they battled it out a few years ago, the, uh, the Heat and the Hawks. Paul Millsap, going to the Western Conference. You know, I, let me try and win with Denver. Um, he, Paul George had that great battle between the Pacers and and the Cavaliers, Paul George, get him to the Western Conference, see what he can do in OKC, Carmelo Anthony, moved over to the Western Conference, OKC, a little bit different of a situation, but also couldn't get the job done when the Knicks were entered in as a two seed um, a couple of years back, there are so many stars that just leave the Eastern Conference, and so everyone wants to say, oh, LeBron, playing against an easy Eastern Conference, we can't, we can't give you the credit that you deserve for making uh, eight consecutive finals appearances if he makes it this year but what if he was just so good that he scared everyone away because they knew they had a much better chance in the western conference to make it to the finals so you know a little lebron rant there um you know finally what's it what it's taken to you know maybe possibly halt this lebron james reign in the east is an amazing coach and a team that doesn't have any star players um, in the starting lineup right now that are above the age of 22. I mean, Jason Tatum, um, Terry Rozier, Jalen Brown, they're all some young, talented players, but Brad Stevens made them stars. Um, and so I gave the, the Celtics two games, and I'm still sticking with that after game one because I think that was one of those games. I'm not sure which one it is yet. I think games two and three will show me what that is. If the Cavs come out and they're shooting back to normal games two and three, Game one was the terrific game plan from, or was the terrific, or was the poor shooting night for the Cavaliers. But if the Celtics struggle games two and three, it's a great game plan by Brad Stevens. Um, so that, that that's my Eastern Conference pick. I'm, I'm taking the Cavs to move on in six games. Um, and yeah, I, I just think that at this point, I can't bet against LeBron James until he shows me he can't make it to the finals. So now we move on to the West, and this is essentially what everyone wants to call the NBA Finals because you have the two best teams in basketball facing off against each other in the Western Conference, um, the Houston Rockets and the Golden State Warriors. And I am recording this before um, their first game is kicked off later tonight. Um, and, you know, I'm excited for this this series. You know, the 
the playoffs gave some interesting series. I loved watching the Cavs and the Pacers. Um, you know, the the Celtics and the Sixers was a lot closer than what the um, the four to one series win would have shown because those games were close and Philly had some leads in several of those games. Um, but besides that, there were some series that just like weren't that entertaining to watch. Um, you know, Houston only gave up one game to um, Minnesota. Golden State kind of ran through everybody. Um, you know, the Pelicans series, you know, that could have been a lot closer with the Trailblazers, but it wasn't. Um, so now we finally have a series where, I, you know, I, I look in the Western Conference and I say, man, we, we just have two teams with, you know, great coaching, you know, star players. I mean, you have some of the best players in the league playing against each other. Um, and, you know, two future, you know, dynasties, potential dynasties in the NBA. I'd already say that Golden State is well on their way to being, you know, the dynasty of the 2010s. You know, if Houston can dethrone them and win themselves the finals and then, you know, continue their success, they could also be a dynasty. Um, and so you, you get to watch them uh, later tonight. And I, I expect a great series. Um, and I, I just what it comes down to me, um, I, I, I'm going to say just just um, for shits and giggles that Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, James Harden and Chris Paul cancel each other out. You know, you look at that series, the the defense that Klay Thompson provides um, on James Harden, the defense that uh, Chris Paul can provide on Steph Curry, the offense that Steph and James Harden can provide. I'm going to just say that it all cancels it out. C- cancels it out. So you got a 0-0 score with the other three starters. Who are you taking? One team has Kevin Durant. <laughs> I mean, I, the other has a team that doesn't have anyone to guard Kevin Durant. Um you know, you want to talk about the stars in Houston, how the guards match up against each other. Who on this Rockets team is going to guard Kevin Durant? P.J. Tucker, undersized, can't guard him in the post. Clint Capella can, you know, defend him in the post pretty well, but if Kevin Durant takes him out to three and, you know, puts a little shake on him, he's getting by him easily. Ryan Anderson, a little too old, a little too slow. I don't trust his legs to hold up against KD for a series. You know, you even saw last year LeBron had trouble keeping up with KD for a series. Um, so, you know, I, I want a six, seven game series out of this, um, matchup, but I just don't see it happening. You know, I, I truly believe that the Kevin Durant advantage is more than enough to make this series end in five games. Uh, And that's what I'm picking. I, you know, I'm taking the golden state warriors to move on to the finals against the Houston Rockets in a five, five game series. And maybe that one game I give is a cold shooting night from Kevin Durant, but I doubt we even get that. You know, maybe it's just, you know, a a Chris Paul 40-point game or James Harden 45-point game. Um, Or maybe, the you know, the Rockets shoot 66% from three in one game. You know, that's a great um, chance for them to take home a win, but I think that's the only one they get. And also... If you've listened to me on Courtside Take, I know I just keep pulling, you know, from these other podcasts I'm on, but it's the same stuff I've said, you know, for weeks now, months at this point. I'm a little critical of of this Rockets team and, you know, their past history in the postseason. Mike D'Antoni, amazing regular season coach. He has gotten, you know, some guys some MVP awards and he's, you know, got the best out of them. Where's his success in the postseason? He has, he's had a few Western Conference Finals trips. But where's that championship? I I just, Mike D'Antoni offenses, that whole shooting in, you know, seven seconds or less, that doesn't hold up in playoff basketball. I don't care who you have on your team. When when teams take defense seriously, and and yes, teams do not play 100% defense in an 82-game season during the regular season. They tighten it up in the postseason, and if you're wasting possession shooting in six to seven seconds, there's going to be tighter defense. You're not going to get the shots to go down. It's going to be less effective. Um, so, you know, that's my main criticism, um, in terms of Mike D'Antoni. Um, and then you, you know, you go to Chris Paul and of course, finally, you know, congratulations to him making his first Western conference finals or his first conference finals. Um, but you know, he is prone to just, you know, shrinking in, in, you know, important situations. And yes, that closeout game against the jazz where he, you know, he had 49 and seven. I mean, that was a great game and a great series clinching win um, performance from Chris Paul. But, you know, I I just am not ready to trust it. Just like I'm not ready to bet against 
LeBron James making it to the finals until he doesn't. I am not ready to trust, you know, Mike D'Antoni and Chris Paul on the same team getting to an NBA finals. I, I don't, I won't believe it until I see it. And then James Harden, um, his series with the San Antonio Spurs last season, that was extremely concerning. You had an MVP candidate and then you put him up on a team that's, you know, well coached and has star players. And all of a sudden he shrinks. I um, mean, he had that horrific performance in the, um, in his final game in the postseason last season. And, you know, I, I, I'm just not ready to trust it until I see it. Um, so I think that Golden State ends up making this a five-game series, um, closing it out uh, on the road even. You know, I, I'll say that they, they take, <clears throat> they take uh, game five in Houston um, and wrap things up. And, you know, we're going to get a Cavs-Warriors matchup again, in my opinion. And, you know, I have no issues with it. I love watching you know, potentially the first, second, and third best players in the NBA play against each other for a championship. Um, the first, of course, being LeBron, second, KD, third, Steph. Um, you know, people want to complain that, you know, this is bad for the NBA. Oh, we get the same two teams in there. Look at look at what um, all of this salary cap did. You, you were able to put in Kevin Durant on a 73-win team. You get to watch a finals that has the two best players in the NBA against each other. And the third best player is with the second best player. So that's, you know, advantage for them. It shows you that you can be the best, but number two and three, if they're on the same team, they stand a lot better of a chance. So I, I just think that it's it's so ridiculous to say that this is bad for the league. You are getting the best NBA players on the court for the championship. And that's not the case if you don't have these, these teams against each other uh, year after year. So uh, that that is my take for the NBA um, conference finals. Those are my picks. Celtics, um, or Cavaliers, uh, my apologies, Cavaliers in six, Warriors in five, meeting up for the finals. And of course, I will give that breakdown when that happens. Um, and and that'll wrap it up for us today. Um, I'm excited. This is going to be a fun experience. We're about the 52 mark of this first episode. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you guys continue to listen. You know, um, you know, leave, you know, a review rating on iTunes. Um, you know, I appreciate the support. If you want to discuss certain things on this podcast, um, if you're, if you're a, you know, a family or friend member of mine, shoot me a text. Um, if not, you can email me at, uh, Blake Andrew Pace at gmail.com. You can uh, follow me on Twitter at Blake Andrew Pace. Um, well, yeah, we're going to do a lot of fun things with this show and I, I couldn't be more excited to start. Um, I'm excited to see where this thing goes. Uh, a few thank yous. Um, just to throw it out there, I want to thank uh, Kat Ellis, um, who is a student at JMU, um, for the logo design. Um, my face is a cartoon. It looks amazing. It looks just like me. Um, she is great. If any of you are looking for logos or any other graphic design, she's the girl to go to. Um, so thank you, Kat. And also just, you know, previewing a few things. We're in the works for some intro music. Um, hopefully we have that within the next week or so. I'll, of course, send out a thank you once that comes true. Um... But then thank you to all of you for listening. Um, I appreciate this. I hope you enjoyed the first episode of the Blake Pace podcast. And we will see you Wednesday for the very next episode. Take care, guys.